Podcast Joe here. If you like what we do and want even more of it, support the show at patreon.com. What's up, everybody? GCR here asking you to head on over to iTunes and subscribe and review our show. And then follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Live and retweet the hell out of us. I promise that if you do, I will eat this entire grapefruit. I'm not kidding. I'll eat the whole thing. Hello, friends. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash geekcastlive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. In a poll where Professor Xavier, Luke Skywalker, and Garfield the Cat were all asked, what is their favorite coffee? None of them answered because they're all fictional characters. But if they could, they would have said Death Wish Coffee, the world's strongest coffee. Be sure to check them out at deathwishcoffee.com and be sure to hit them up on the iTunes or Google Play. Check out Death Wish Coffee. It's a trap! I am your host, CCR, and with me, sometimes not in the spirit. <laughs> Rob Bass. <laughs> this guy. And Cartoon Joe. Hey, everybody. Hello, hello. Uh-huh. Hello. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm a little drinky. That doesn't sound like you. No. That doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Just nope. put it out there. It's mm. Wednesday. Uh, my Cubs are in the, uh, the championship series. After uh, an epic comeback win. Very epic. Actually, the uh, have you heard the numbers on that? And there's only four teams in baseball history that have ever come into the ninth with a three-run deficit in playoff game and won. Yeah, they're the fourth. They're four out of 828 times it's happened. That's amazing. Yeah, it's literally a, a historic victory for Mike Cubs. So. Huzzah! I, I think it's just karma. Yay, out sports in, ball. Oh, there it is. There's I'm actually trying to sound more excited. Um, Nick, I think. For one, I'm very Nick, excited I think you're right. I think you can't. You can't Why don't the, the two of you years. play a quick game of Magic the Gathering? I will. Your phones while Ryan and I break Am I down. the only one who's, who doesn't have any like, signal? Uh, hey, we're, uh, we may or may not have been talking about Ryan being in his cups. I'm always in my cups. That's true. I actually was a cup bearer for uh, Lord Roos Bolton for a short time before. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Before we were you, actually uh, talking about the, the uh, Mondale presidency, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. You, you just did a Roos Bolton Mondale thing there, which is, means you're seven sheets to the wind. We were talking about the Cubs comeback last night, which I thought was the reverse the curse karma because that child predator threw eight scoreless innings that was just uncalled for for the Giants. Isn't there and, some kind uh, of like reverse the curse thing that happens every year no. for the Cubs, though? Well, we don't deserve it this time. Mm. Normally, every year, um, it's just it's just the curse. curse. 
It's just a curse, which is why right, we've gone right, 180 right years. Yeah, but that being said, every year since the uh, since I've known you guys has been the Cubs year. I have year. never said it was the Cubs year. Don't recall. I don't recall ever no, having a Cubs Joe, year. Joe, you are the you're the okay. exception. I don't even think last year was the Cubs year. No, I mean, I may, have been, I may have been very excited but, about the Cubs, but I, I am, I, I am realistical enough to know that that was not the year. And, and was so that was that realistical? <laughs> that was a realistical. Are you a I, Trump speechwriter? I scream like mystical. I <laughs> watch yourself. Say, show me what you were. Your mystical is better than my mystical. Well, we knew that, didn't we? Fair. Very fair. <laughs> I'm doing this new thing now where I just walk around my house. Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not tethered to this earthly plane. Did you know, like a spirit quest around your own house? Yeah. I'm like Dirty Steve in Young Gun. <laughs> Guys! You see the size of that cockadoodle goddamn dude? <laughs> uh, Dermot yeah. Mulroney, you silly bitch. Dermot Mulroney. Not to be outdone by Casey Samasco, though. No, no one ever is. The pugilist. I believe his name was Charlie. He was Charlie. Charlie met a bad end. Young Guns will probably uh, rear its angry head later in the episode, by the way. Because I've got things to say about it. Here's to here's to hoping teaser. that Young Guns doesn't fall into the new trend of like '80s movies remakes that's going to be coming around. Full speed. You know it will. I know, but I'm hoping oh, Stranger Things was too big of a success, and Hollywood is too good at picking the wrong thing. Yes, second. You're telling me that Zac Efron doesn't make a great Josiah Doc Skurlock? You are you shitting me? He's Dick <laughs> if he's anybody. <laughs> you think so? You think Zac Efron is dick? Oh, here's yeah. no, hold on. No, save, please, please, do me a favor. Save this entire conversation for next week. We are, are we gonna. Do, are we we're gonna, doing a Charlie Sheen's greatest hits thing? No, we are gonna modern. We're gonna do like a bootleg universe Young Guns reboot. I want to cast Young Guns. I want to well, fan cast Young Guns. I think it's quite obvious that James Vanderbeek is Josiah Doc Skurlock. James Vanderbeek, you can't. No, see, that's the thing. He's not a. He's not. He's he's not uh, uh, an in the now Hollywood guy that they would cast. Oh, you role. you mean to do it like we were trying to make a buck off of it? Okay, well that's yeah, like 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 you were Hollywood. Otherwise, well, we could do like a like a retro bootleg universe, and then you're right. James Vanderbeek is. Oh, fair enough. Sherlock. Let's put a pen in it because I don't want Chavez. You Chavez is gonna is gonna make me work for it. <laughs> you fucking better believe it. God bless you. <laughs> what, what amazes me is that you and I are going to have a lot of fun while Joe and Rob just sit there silently. Well, I if swear we're to God, about I'm round ball. every second of this. I have no idea what the hell's going on. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe's going Joe's gonna to really go weird, and he's going to try to cast Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. Hey, he's going to fail. Because <laughs> we're going to talk about gleaming the cube, and his mind's going to be blown. <laughs> Say, wait a second. Wait a second. Christian Slater wasn't in Young Guns, and we're going to say, exactly, Joe. (laughs) 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 Fucking brilliant. It's going to be brilliant. 
next, I just, I, I'm throwing it out there. Teaser for everybody. Next week, we will spend majority of the episode retooling Young Guns for the modern audience. Tremendous. Oh. Tune in now. Thank us later. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we had a do review. We did. Wow, yeah, we, yeah, we did. did. Well, and I actually, uh, in the prelude to the show, learned some stuff about it. And so it actually is, uh, it means a little bit more to me now than it was. And, uh, so I'll let Joe take the floor. Yeah. So almost two years ago, I backed a Kickstarter uh, kind of on a lark for a documentary about some guy from Indiana whose younger brother I went to school with um, at Purdue. Is he the dude in the waiters uh, at the beginning of the show with a weird mustache? No, that's another younger brother. Okay, there were okay. 13 of those guys. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, wow. No, it was uh, the one who looked just like him, Joe. Okay. Oddly enough. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a documentary about a guy who, who is sick of the corporate sort of cat and dog, cat and mouse thing, and quits it all, buys himself a boat, and decides to just sail around the world. Um, and he's never he's never owned he, he doesn't know how to sail he just decides to learn how to do it as he goes and uh, ends up having just a blast of a trip uh, touches a bunch of different lives and uh, ends up dying in India of typhoid fever and um, his friends decide to in his honor take all of this document all of this footage that he's filmed from his journey and put it together into a documentary for him. So, yeah, I thought it was awesome. What was it called? Chasing, Chasing Bubbles, Bubbles, right? Yes. Sorry. Go ahead, Rob. Oh no, I I I don't know. I really really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know. I guess I've always kind of had that um, wanderlust um, just kind of instilled in me. So I I could really relate to the guy from the middle of Indiana who wanted to go and just explore the world and. Uh, it was just really fucking cool, like, uh, seeing him bond with all of these people that he had no fucking idea who they were whenever they met, and, uh, uh, going around and successfully circumnavigating the, the globe, like, that's fucking right. cool. There was a, there was a time in my life where I could have done something like that. Right. It's well, it is too late. late. I mean, I'm married and I have three kids, and I... Take your kids with you, take your wife. But that's, that's why, that's why you don't have a wife or kids, Rob. Well, and that's also what I'm saying. But he didn't do that. He Googled, where are the sailboats? And then went to that place and bought a sailboat. There right. was a time in my life I could have done that, and I didn't. And there's a, there's a, having watched this, there's a tinge of regret. Because, like, I've outlived him to this point. You know what I mean? Right. But he right. Well, lived, to, to any point. Well, that's true. Well, <laughs> but he's almost lived more than me. Right. You know what, the, you know what I mean? Yeah, so absolutely. So there's, there's a tinge of regret that at the time I had to do that, I didn't. But I, and, and then the fact that I can't do it now. I think that we should just say, fuck it, and... I'll go in on a sailboat and document Geekcast well, Live. We, we wouldn't like, make it. We wouldn't make it four days. <laughs> Why? Well, Nick and I. Uh, Nick and I would saying. have a kerfuffle over who's the captain. That's the first thing. That's the first thing that would happen, and then you two would inevitably have to take sides because we would make you take sides. 
Well, it's easy. We just vote we, Mayor we Joe Captain. You, Nick and I wouldn't allow. So that's not an option. And then now we've now we've killed you to eat you. Rob, you'd have you'd have dysentery uh, before we even lost sight of land. <laughs> oh, but that's because he would have insisted before we set sail to hit Chipotle. Right. right. Yeah. Right. We're not going to have Chipotle for like three years. Guys. <laughs> it wasn't even related you know, we're to not the having venture. Chipotle for like a month, right? So I'm getting Chipotle, and we'd say like, Rob. You're then you go through nicotine withdrawals in week two, and you're we've got you duct taped down below decks. Useless you are. Well, because he because we told him before we left, Rob, maybe cut back on the like the the Iraqi hash, and instead <laughs> maybe just smoke cigarettes. And he's like, No, man, doka. And oh, then, nah. I'll kick it on the. I'll kick it cold turkey on the water. Right, and then he gets on the water I'll and sweat he, it out in the doldrums. He puts his. He, <laughs> <laughs> right, I look over. He's slim-shawing, but he's actually carving into his own fucking femur, and it's like he's dude lost it. <laughs> Day one. Day one. <laughs> so we've got you like lashed up to the crow's nest, and you're Leo DiCaprio on yourself constantly. Right. Um, but from eating grape, to be fair. Right. Right. You're trying to like chew your own nose. Right. We've put Joe in an awkward <laughs> fucking position to choose one of us to be captain, and he doesn't want to do that, but we're making him have to do it. And pacifist Joe, so yeah, he's he's out right. of his element. Right. He just takes it's a just a bad idea, Rob. The end around of this is a bad idea. A better idea. Throwing it out there would be for us to maybe Dukem, Dukem, do some concert. Duke Nukem? Balls <laughs> would be steel. Maybe to play Duke Nukem. <laughs> yeah, <No. that'd> be good. <laughs> would be to maybe conserve some money and then the four of us could do like a, a we could go to Helsinki for Like a paddle boat trip across Lake Michigan? I think podcast? a better move would be for yeah. us to just fly to Helsinki, go to Worldcon, and maybe that would be our first foray into a Geek Cast Live adventure. I'm in for that. In, in all seriousness, um, when I first got this and not really know any backstory, I, I did start to watch the beginning. And I just was like, okay, this is, you know, um, a, a, a rich kid doing rich kid things. And right. I stopped watching it. And then I was got a little bit more of the backstory from Joe. And I tried to watch most of the rest of it. And I, I was really torn, you know, between being completely complete admiration you know for a, a guy who while not knowing who he was knew who he was and had you know that often overplayed you know um human spirit thing going on mm -hmm. and who actually went for it intermixed with just the idea of like the jealousy of well there's you know that's what it I, is. I couldn't do that even when I could do that. I couldn't do that. Right, exactly. I don't have the balls to do it or the funds to do it or the just, you know. It's sort of I, I, it's a rich kid doing rich kid things, even though he did have some personal growth. Yeah, I mean there's definitely a deeper a, a deeper story of the human spirit and human existence there. And as a as a guy who you know, like whoever said, I think it was Ryan, you know, I wish I had done more. You know, I, I didn't exactly sit on my thumb. You know, I traveled the world for a while and, and did a bit of a mix it up, but never to that raw kind of completely um, 
uh, vulnerable sort of way. So, I mean, it, it was very cool. It, it, they sure had a lot of really good video equipment. Yeah. For, <laughs> for kind of a roughing it trip. And, and, <laughs> Can we talk about the I mean that being said you could you could get the exact same results with GoPros these days and those aren't even well, ridiculous they probably, they probably I mean, were GoPros because it was like 2012 Yeah Yeah the the earlier renditions of them exactly Can we talk about the unsung hero of at least the first 45 minutes of the story Vanessa Oh yeah Okay so here's this really good looking girl who gets put together on a blind date with, with our hero. And next thing you know, she's just living in a van because she's like, fuck it. This guy down by the stock exchange. <laughs> this guy's a dapper Matt Dingledine. And, <laughs> and he's got a, I mean, he's got a thing going on and sorry for that's a, a little esoteric for those of you who don't know who Matt Dingledine is, but <laughs> you know, here's, here he is living in a van and next thing you know she's living with him and then he goes to, he, he googles where the sailboats are and he goes down to like you know Boca Raton or Tampa Bay wherever it was in Florida and yeah, Fort, Lauderdale. Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale and she was supposed to come with him for like a weekend and she stayed for six months right where do you find these where does he where do you find a woman like that right like, well, if, in- I, if, if I told my wife now hey honey I'm just gonna go into town six miles away and just have drinks at the bar until, I don't know, I come home. It would be the right. end of our marriage. <laughs> and here's this guy <laughs> living in a van. Now, that said, you can, I, I think I still remember enough of when I was like early 20-something. Your capacity for for uh, optimism is a lot higher and your risk and pain threshold is a lot higher. So oh no, definitely. That, that part uh, wasn't so outlandish, but yeah, the fact that you kind of stumble into a chick. Still, though, you, you got a chick who's living with you in your van. That that's that's kind of a pimp. Oh yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a hard that's one a, to pull off. I mean, that's got to be musty. <laughs> or or waking up in the middle of the stock exchange because his boss has set up a bunk <laughs> bed in the on the on the floor because he didn't have right, a place to stay. And that's not, not a deal breaker. Next thing you know, she's flying home from Curacao. No. <laughs> Right, my favorite. That, that um, was the. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, oh, I was gonna say what what really sold me on this guy. Like I, I envy and relate to him a lot. I think, but what really, really, like completely sold me on this fellow was at the very end, whenever they were doing this really touching, you know, uh, go around of all of these people, you know, how he affected their lives, this, that, and the other thing. And then they show this rocket ship, and I'm thinking to myself, what in the fuck could they possibly be showing a rocket ship for? And then they mentioned that he was um, uh, cremated in, I think it was like, uh, uh, I, I can't remember, it's somewhere in India, yeah, I can't remember where specifically, but, uh, um, and then they, uh, as per his request, they took part of his ashes and shot them into space. I'm not quite sure how he pulled Bless that off, him. but... But Bless him. I don't. Him. I don't either. But I fucking. I have so much respect for him as a human being because of that, like specific, like situation. Like you, you have lived the life that I wanted to lead, and I appreciate you. One thing that was said in there towards the second, probably during one of the testimonials, but you know, 
the majority of us do not even come close to pushing our capacity for, you know, what we are capable of doing. And that's both a little sad and, and a little bit inspiring. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck, it, dude, some you parts said it, were you quite said it perfectly. It's sad but, that I, it's sad that I will never know what I'm able to do in circumstances that would, that I would need, you know, like, like the perfect scenario, you know? But one um, thing I know that I'll never do or never would have done that I, I don't know if you caught this and I caught it on my rewatch that they put, he put a hundred grand into yeah. fixing up the boat during the trip. Yeah. So, you know, maybe I'm not feeling, I mean, just cause I'll never have a spare hundred grand to do anything. Though going on a worldwide trip is probably just as good a use of it as most things would be, but you have to have a, a this is more than just like a, Hey, you know, I'm going to drop out of college and take my summer savings and I'm going to go see the world because that would last you about well, a couple months. And that's if you're a real good begging barter guy. But kudos to him. You know, I mean, right, right from the get go on this documentary, he says, you know, I'm looking at my colleagues and they're buying $500 shoes and getting $300 steak dinners. And I'm like, that's fucking stupid. I'm not, I don't need that. So, I mean, kudos to him for, for making it, making a scenario for himself where he's able to do that. I mean, Absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, uh, he, he, he made lived, his money and spent his money. It's, so. it's like I said earlier, I've lived longer than him and will continue to live longer than him because he died of the yellow jack. But, but he, he lived more than I've lived. You know, the craziest thing I've done is get in a bar fight yeah. in Wisconsin. Right. So it's not like that I've story been, actually happened. Oh, yeah. I thought that was we, just a, a Kevinism. No, just recently we spent the night in an Ojibwe reservation prison cell. I didn't I tell you about that? Wow. No, I, I thought no. this was the last we, time you were up there. We got like the like, Serbian uh, hate schnapp. We got no. like the Slobodan juke got you guys in a brawl over some beer pong. Well, the, the beer pong brawl happened, but then this last time we went up there, we ended up spending the night in an Ojibwe reservation prison for a night. We didn't get arrested. They just wanted to put us in there because that's the, the drunk tank. We just yeah, basically it was the drunk tank at the Ojibwe. Ojibwe had their own prison system. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah. My man, my man Martin. You know Martin. Martin. Yeah, Martin got in a fight with a dude because he called him. Uh, the dude looked like Tom Waits, to be fair, and. <laughs> <laughs> And this dude. Any <laughs> story that starts off with, now hold on, to be fair, the dude looked like Tom Waits. He did look like Tom Waits. <laughs> well, Ojibwa Martin, Tom Waits is a, gonna, it's a great, this dude, great story. Dude, check this out. This dude, like, he's got like a one hitter, like a dugout, you know, like a fucking little one right. And he, he actually mm-hmm. hands it to Martin. He puts it in his hand and says, dude, check this out. And Martin grabs it, and the dude says, don't touch another man's warning. What? And and Martin's like, you just fucking gave it to me, Tom Waits. That's what he said. <laughs> and, I, and I fucking lose it. I lose it because the dude looks just like fucking Tom Waits. And I'm like, ah, he looks, oh, it's Tom Waits. Well, he didn't like the fact that I went immediately to pointing and laughing because he looks like fucking Tom Waits. 
And then, uh, yeah, there was some, there was a bit of a kerfuffle. And then, hold on, uh, was he like a was he like an animated like um, Super Hulk Tom Waits? Because regular Tom Waits is a is a wet limp noodle. He was um the best way to describe him is actually Tom Waits if Dane if he works for the Black Tom Hand. Waits. Does that make any sense? If Ooh, Dane no. Cook was playing, if, if Dane Cook was cosplaying Tom Waits, that's who this guy was. So somehow Tom Waits with punch me face. Yes. And <laughs> and uh, and uh, hilarity ensued. And then next thing you know, me, Martin, and my dad were spending the night in a Ojibwa prison cell. Nice. <laughs> where was where where was Ojibwa Tom Waits? Also, and he was in a separate. Oh, oh, job, I see. Prison cell, but uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was fun. That was fun. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. go to fucking Caracas on a sailboat, but right, you know, I did, I did like push. You guys Tom are Wayne. jackasses. Well, yes, <laughs> yes, I can't. <laughs> Why? What, what am I going to say to that? Nothing. Let's just take it. Are you? You want to come with us next year? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been left out of all these like strange, dirty Kevin fishing trip things. These well, you days. won't be next year. They always end in mayhem, and I kind of feel a little bit left out. Next year, you're in. I want to stir up some trouble. Next year, I, we we meet at Tommy's. We get in the vehicle and we drive to we drive up to Hayward, Hayward, Wisconsin, home of Terry Grandpine. We drive on up there. Yeah, I want to meet him and eat and have some of the goulash. You'll meet him. You'll meet him at the uh, at the raffle, probably. The greatest time you'll ever have. Two dollars seven and seven. All the Wisconsin meatballs you can eat. They're just meatballs, and then it's like cream of mushroom soup. Get after it. Awesome. So anyway, we are so, so yeah, far. That was, yeah, anyway. Awesome. <laughs> that was a good day review, dude. <laughs> Thanks. Good review. Yeah. I, uh, I've been waiting to share that one for a while. Uh, I got to see the premiere last year about this time, and uh, they had to. They made me keep it quiet because uh, they weren't actually allowed to show it before they went to a bunch of film festivals. Uh, oh, but cool. they showed it to the Kickstarter mm. backers anyway, and then now it's available online. You can find it on YouTube. Just search Chasing Bubbles. It's worth no, it. Well, it really it's is. a bit long, but I, I mean, I'm talking to the listener here. It, it is a bit long, but uh, if you've got a little downtime, it would be worth your while to check it out. I think you'll you'll be moved in some direction. Mm-hmm. Left or right, north or south. Owl. Star, starboard exactly. or port, right? Port or south. Yeah. Starboard or port. I always go port, but I like the cheese. So. And the wine. <laughs> and the port well, wine Well, if John Port in that one scene, they would have run aground on the coral, so. Good call. Well, well done. Uh, we do have a guest. <laughs> Thank God. This is not a I'm Christmas even more show. A guest than I do. We're gonna. We're, I'm gonna hope that the guest is gonna write our ship. <laughs> so he's a Pull frequent guest. Starboard and he's a frequent guest. You'll upside down. You'll know him back on the water when he comes on the show. I've added him to the call. We're now in a holding pattern, much like the planes in Die Hard Two. They're running out of fuel. They are. And They're going to start may... dropping the Potomac like flies. <laughs> oh, you are the man. Mm. Just so you know. <laughs> the fuck, the <laughs> fucking man. I cannot wait 
to modern bootleg cast Young Guns with you. It's going to be well, outstanding. And the other two. Maybe you guys should watch. Could you guys watch Young Guns before next week? Yeah, that's what I'll try to do. Yes. It's actually... That's a, it's a, that's shame a lower you bar for me to hit. I can definitely do that. <laughs> Joe hits all the low bars. <laughs> it's actually... I mean, you should see it. It's a fucking... It's, it's a statement. I don't know. I'm you. shocked that like I haven't seen it, you know? I want to cast the why, main... Why has it not been on TNT at about 1.30 on a Friday night? I want to cast... It probably has. I want to cast the Regulators. I want to cast Tunstall. I want to cast... Um, uh, you, we, have to, we have to cast everybody. It's everybody, right? I mean, Pat Garrett? Somebody has to rape the whirlwind, Murphy. Rape... Reap the whirlwind, you son of a bitch. Just saying. Who does Emilio yell at in that bug? He's like, God, I need to watch it. Is it Buckshot Roberts? It's something like that. He's like, You're making names uh, up. Like, uh, Hey, Brady! Roberts with ya! And then he, he, Hey, Brady! Not anymore! When they, when they, oh Jesus, you guys gotta watch the show. It's great. I feel, I feel I mean, you so old. Okay. <laughs> Why do I feel so old? Just talk about Young Gun. Oh, it's so good. You are so good. Chavez. Yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll put a pin in that. Where's uh, where's our guest? More importantly, how have you never seen Young Guns? That's a sad thing. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Is it, I, I don't know how I've never seen it. It's amazing. Years of watching other hey, things. Hey, Rob, can you add our guest to the show? I can certainly try. Let me see. Are you taking a poop? It's John Kenny. Nope, John Kenny. I was laying, Is it jo- laying John on Kenny. the ground. Oh, jeez, they got John Kenny. <laughs> Calm down, Charlie. There's like six years of every other weekend. Hello? Stand up. Hello! There he is. Hey. Speaking of port wine cheese and Ojibwas. <laughs> how are you doing, Alex? I am well, gentlemen. How are you? Good, my fine Excellent. sir. For those of you who are listening who don't know who this is, this is the esteemed, the world-renowned Alex. Alex Legendary. From the Good Men Project. All Things Geek. How are you, sir? I am rolling, my friends. I am rolling. What are, what are you sipping on there, Alex? I can tell you've got a tasty beverage. Um, I have a New Belgium fat, flat tire amber ale that I am flat looking. flat tire or a yeah. fat tire or a fat tire. That's well, better. okay. <laughs> I've had a bunch, so <laughs> <laughs> they're now flat because they're, they're now flat. They're open and sipping. Okay, Alex. I got an opening salvo question for you. Okay. Have you seen Young Guns? Not recently, but I have seen Young Guns. You have seen it, though? Yes. All right. I just double-checking. Well, he's over the age of 30. Of course he's seen it. (laughs) Yeah. I even saw Young Guns 2. Oh, with Arkansas. The Electric Boogaloo? Yeah. (laughs) Young Guns 2, the Electric Boogaloo. Is that about it? (laughs) You know what I like about my man, Alex? I text him. And I say, hey, we're getting ready to add you to the show. And he says, Red 5, standing by. 
the best. And that's why that and that's why we love you. Aw. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we need help riding this ship because we are completely off the rails. Okay. I'm not sure I can help you in that regard, but I'll try. You can. You will. Okay. <laughs> nothing else so, can give us credibility. So we have you here for a very important reason. Yes. I, I can't speak for Rob, but I'm pretty sure there's three of us who really don't know too much about Luke Cage. Okay. The Power and Man. I couldn't think of a better guy to learn us on Luke Cage. Okay. Well, I tell you what. I gave, I gave it a lot of thought, actually, uh, when I was first approached. And I says, you know, what can I do to kind of give a background on Luke Cage? Now, first, um, have you guys seen the show, any of the show yet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Howard did oh, the whole awesome, thing in the awesome, course of awesome. night. I'm, I'm trying to slowly get myself I'm, – I'm trying not to totally devour it um, because I love it. But uh, what I would like to do is, you know – to establish a baseline for the discussion um, after, I wanted to read a little excerpt of a piece that I wrote um, a few years ago that I think encapsulates kind of what my sentiment about the show in particular and Luke Cage in general is. So if you'll indulge me for about three minutes, I Please. can read some of that to you, and then uh, we can go on with the discussion. Fair enough? Proceed. Yeah, get at it. Okay. Uh, let me see. Let me look it up here. Again, I've been drinking. But here. <laughs> <clears throat> Obviously, it can't speak for other ethnicities. And I acknowledge I take a risk speaking for an entire group, even one I am a member of. But in my experience, black men are very particular about where they get their hair cut. Admittedly, when I was a younger single man, I paid much more attention to such vanities. A weekly trip to keep my line sharp was a necessity. Today, now that I'm a stay-at-home dad and editor, I pay less attention, well, practically no attention. Uh, my weekly schedule is always pretty hectic and dragging two small kids to the barbershop never seems worth it. Which is why this Christmas Eve, at the assistance of my loving wife, I took the time and finally stopped by Lucky 7, a local black-owned and operated barbershop. As soon as I crossed the threshold, it felt like I was back at my old barbershop in the Bronx decades ago. And I had forgotten how much I enjoyed that experience. The weekly ritual of going down to the barber, and it's a luxury in a way, and it may sound strange, but it's one of the few places I feel I can be myself and be totally at ease. I've gone to various barbers of different ethnicities, some were excellent, but most importantly, I enjoy the easy acceptance of a black barbershop. I'm over six foot, and walking into most establishments draws attention. Here, I'm just another brother looking to get a cut, and it's refreshing. Now, if the shop is popular like any other establishment, there's a wait. And if there's no wait, turn around just like an empty restaurant. Certain protocols must be adhered to, like checking in with the head chair, inquiring on the wait because there's a pecking order among the barbers, and new clientele can become regular customers. If one is not a regular, or even if one is, expect some playful ribbing. On Christmas Eve, when the owner looked at me, he decided he declared to the whole shop, the black Grizzly Adams has finally wandered out of the wilderness for a cut. 
Everybody, including myself, started to laugh. After my cordial welcome, I was designated a chair. I sat on a long, crowded couch awaiting my turn. A teenage boy and his younger sibling, obviously regulars by the way they were greeted, sat down next to me. We exchanged salutations. As I waited, I began to recall long-ago trips with my father to his barbershop. My dad went to barbershops like some people attended church. The familiar static buzz of the clippers, short metallic snips of scissors, chuckles of tall tails. The smell of talic powder and the blue liquid they still put cones in. My dad's barbershop offered a few extras like shoe signs, whiskey, and Playboy magazines. My dad would occasionally scold me about reading them, but as he chatted with the owners and other regulars, he mostly would allow me to do as I pleased. It was great fun, but it was also educational. Overhearing snippets of conversations I was too young to hear, but old enough to be curious about. The constant observational study boys do on their way to becoming men. I was snapped out of my memories by my barber's call. It was a very cool dread, and I would learn an avid music lover named L, the barber. It's on his business cards. He asked me what I wanted, and he agreed with my wife a cut was long overdue. Inevitably, politics, religion, sports, and entertainment came up in conversation as old-timers and young bloods cutting hair, getting cuts, and waiting for cuts intermixed. An older gentleman getting his dreads oiled and retwisted had some great observations about New Jersey charter schools. I gazed around at a dozen different shades, knowing a plethora of different backgrounds, socioeconomic classes, and educational experiences were represented at this establishment. All were jovial about the holidays and were enjoying the conversations. Everyone respectful, fully present, and engaged. The touchstone for all of us was our blackness and the shared experience living in an America that despite the daily grind and indignities we all endure from the president on down, also strengthens our resolve to advance as the blade is honed and sharpened against the whetstone. To paraphrase America by Claude McKay, there is much I do not love about America, but what I do love, I love a lot. This, that, this sentiment gives one an appreciation for an oasis like this black barbershop. Any typical black barbershop is full of uncles, cousins, and nephews that no one ever knew they had. People from Atlanta to Compton, from Chicago or Houston, or anywhere in between. Folks from Guyana to Ghana, Brooklyn, New York, Philly or DC, sharing good times and bad news, victories and frustrations, teaching and learning. Remarkably, it flows easily. A vast dysphoria of academic thought, popular culture, and ancient and modern history blending together. I always learn something. As Harris cut the tunes from the deepest, richest, and oldest musical catalog on earth play, an unbroken musical tree from its roots firmly in the African continent, from the heartbeat to the drum, Delta blues, jazz, rock and roll, Motown, and hip hop. Elder Barber, when I recognize Sly and the Family Stones, I want to thank you for letting me be myself after discussing local building codes while expertly taming my scraggly beard, pointed out that the go-to producers of the 90s, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, lifted the guitar riff for Janet Jackson's River Nation straight from Sly's note for note. Take a listen to the break. He's right. I didn't know that before. It's so comfortable being in a group 
who share not more than just who share more than just skin color. We have an immediately relatable experience that I'm unsure any other demographic in America shares. When we walk past each other in the street, particularly in a homogeneously white environment, we're going to give and get that slight nod of acknowledgement, which is subtle but tactile. Black men have always strived to connect and through those connections build a bulwark against threats to the dominant society, both on our culture and unfortunately our persons. It is important to enjoy the company of those that, like me, society tries to convince are statistically the biggest threats. We are not that. We're really just a larger extension of family. Thank you to the Lucky Seven Barbershop for the cut and the combo. This is really what the holidays are all about. I so want to go hang out in a black barbershop. I'm with you. I mean, I've got a a great barbershop. I love my barber, Todd Carpenter, up in Valparaiso, Indiana. I don't feel that way when I'm there. Maybe I should. Well, the the thing that really resonated me with me with um, Luke Cage was number one was the the setting of Pop's Barbershop was that that whole idea that this was an oasis that this is where a place where it was it was Switzerland it was neutral territory it was respectful it was respected and the people that showed up there were expected to be uh, be to. It was a cultural touchstone from the, for the neighborhood. Like people really love pop, they love the place, and people would come and just hang out there. And I totally get that. I mean, it was so resonant. Um, the other thing was, you know, just the, the music, the soundtrack, um, the little details of dialogue that were just so that rang true for me personally. Because I tell you guys, I mean, look. 75 years is a great one. And, you know, you have a lot of um, today to have this show so unapologetically black filled with just, I mean, you know, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't dare dream that this would happen because, you know, again, it's, 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 it's a unique thing today to see this many talented actors of color together performing on such a level with such kind of rich nuance that, you know, it was kind of like, I was like a starving man in the desert. I wanted so much. I wanted to devour it in one night, but I had to pace myself because it was just so good to me. It was so good. You, You want to talk about maybe the most, I mean, most blatant statement I've seen in the show in a long time. A bulletproof black man in a hoodie. Yeah, I mean they didn't sugarcoat that. Well, no, Cotler. He's Mike Cotler said a hundred percent. It's like this is this is um for Trayvon Martin. That's why he's always in a hoodie. You can't you can't look past that. I mean that's Mm -hmm. a huge statement they're making in this show. And it, I mean it, you know, this is why. I mean, this is why I wanted you on the show because it. This show had to speak more to you than it does to me. Alex, three quick things sure. that, that jumped to mind. Piggybacking off what you just said on the cultural side, and I'm not trying to segue the show topic, but have you watched The Get Down, and what do you think about it? I lived The Get Down. That, so, that's I mean, my name. Those that, are my, that, yeah. Well, some of that same 
sort of oh no absolutely um, I, I think let me tell you the the relationship between the get down and um pop and well let, let's look at let's let's take a step back pop and his old crew like when he was with cottonmouth and it was pop and it was the the other guys um father like back in the day yeah, when Puerto they Rican showed Joe them or whatever puerto rican joe yeah um that was my i mean i'm 48 years old dude i i remember a lot of that stuff when they were talking about things like um video music box man that hit me in the heart because I remember video music, but I remember, you know, just kind of like, you know, being mesmerized. Because back at that time, and people don't remember this, um, and I mean, I, you know, again, you know, you have to be a certain age. But people that are my contemporaries, they would remember that um, MTV, they didn't play a lot of black artists at first at all. You know, Michael Jackson kind of broke the, the mold there. And that was about it. And, you know, if, if you look back and you can look for this, David Bowie actually had an interview with uh, the guy that was the head of MTV at the time. Yep. And he had called and he had said, hey, you know, um, I'm noticing that you don't have any black artists on. Um, and so the guy and I forget the gentleman's name, but he basically came back and said, well, um, you know, that wouldn't play in Peoria. That wouldn't play in, you know. Uh, we don't want to frighten people. And David Bowie, he was so English and so kind of like reserved. He was like, oh, that's that's interesting. It's very interesting. And he had this smile on his face. And only an Englishman can say, oh, that's very interesting and mean you're full of shit. Right. I mean, it was amazing to see this interview. I mean, you should look for it. It's really a, it's really something else. And it's really telling because, you know, it's it's again, it's it's like it's the representation it's 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 a sign of the times but it's also that you know you i mean i remember you know this this stuff i mean they have this show atlanta i mean i'm not from the south I'm, you know atlanta's not my experience but there are things like that are resonant like i was talking about in my piece it's like you know there's things that you know in black neighborhoods wherever you go in the united states there are some things that are going to be you know kind of true and one of those things are, is that kind of connection as far as, you know, men making at the barbershop. I mean, you know, everybody has a place, they have their place, they have their barber they go to and, and they build and they, and they talk there and they, and they, and, and again, it's an oasis. It's, it's a safe place. It's, you know, you don't get the looks, you don't get the stares, you don't get the, you know, you, you don't have to worry about microaggressions or, you know, whether your hands are in your pockets. You don't have to worry about any of that because everybody's cool. It's, it's, it's peace. And that's what people need. Everybody needs a little oasis, you know, like everybody, they talk about cheers, everybody knows your name. Well, guess what? You know, we need that too. So, yeah, absolutely. Are, are you, did, did you say, that, I heard you say it, but were you literally, you are from New York? Yes, yes. I'm oh, from New York, born and bred. Um, you know, in the I mean, again, you know, you know, I grew up in the Bronx. Um, you know, when the, like so, when you say the get down, it's like, hey, dude, I, I remember that. Man. I remember those tunes that come on, and you know, I remember going roller. I mean, roller disco. I remember all that stuff. It had to really hit home for you. Oh yeah. Oh no, absolutely. So when you say, oh, dice, yeah, that's that's yeah, absolutely. Well, both these shows had to hit home for you. Oh yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. It's kind of I mean. I, with the oh, go ahead. No, no, Nick, you got it. With the with the pops and the barbershop side of things, is that mm -hmm. to kind of tie it back in? Is that any of that part from the comic book side of the story? Or is that well, just, just well, for the show? well, I tell you, what, what, well, Luke Cage. I mean, he has a long history. He he came around. You know, I think it was a uh, Stan Lee and uh, Steve Ditko, or it was um, or Jack Kirby. 
um, uh, came up with Luke Cage. So, you know, there, he was written by, um, white writers and, you know, they had, uh, it was very much, and again, like with Black Panther, when he first came on the scene, they were very kind of stereotypical kind of like, you know, black exploitation type, you know, things put on there. There was like a lot of spins put on there. Um, so it, 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 it as it evolved and as the stories evolved and as other writers got involved and then you had actual, you know, people of color writing, you know, for, for Luke, um, you saw a different and you, you saw a difference and you saw him um, evolving as far as being having a more authentic voice, an authentic black voice that, you know, was was that had a, a background knowledge of the black experience and how it, you know, interrelated so um you know the pops barbershop you know that was that was um that that is just uh, another way i believe that the um showrunners kind of play homage to just kind of the culture um you know uptown again you know i'm from the bronx but harlem not i i don't know uptown but you know i i i i I haven't lived there, but I, I have experience there. And I know that, you know, there's some, and again, there's some people that are from Harlem, that grew up in Harlem, that appreciate the show, that love the show, that love the little cultural clues and all the, you know, the kind of like, I mean, there's so many Easter eggs that you could like, as, you know, a person, you know, uh, a black person or a black man that can pick and just hear all these different references and just kind of like, wow, it's so rich. Um, again, there are some people, and it's not going to be perfect, like like Luke's character himself. He's not perfect, you know, but he's real, right? He, he, he tries to do the right thing by everybody. And so, you know, and his past is not, you know, his he has his past. He has, you know, issues with his past. He has the whole history with um, Diamondback, that uh you know i mean that's that's a trip that that's a whole kind of you know Cain and Abel kind of thing going back to the bible kind of thing i mean he has all kinds of there's all these different things that are that are kind of sprinkled around and you know there are some you know like claire was a love interest at one time for luke um she was a doctor um they changed her up a little bit you know they brought her uptown um they made her a nurse but she was a love interest misty knight was a reoccurring character i mean they have they have mm-hmm. the characters there i mean all these characters pretty much were and and but but again um when when you know when you're when you're making art when i think that um you know what, what was it uh, it was michelangelo that said uh when he was to- people were asking him about his sculpture and he says look no the piece is there in the marble i'm just getting rid of the you know the bits that don't belong and so it's about choices. You have to make choices of what you're going to emphasize and what you're going to pull back and what you're going to change. And I trust those, you know, the showrunner and the writers and the folks that were involved. I trusted them. And, I, you know, I'm still at uh, what's I'm at episode 10 now and I'm I'm loving it. You know, I, I'm sure that it will, you know, end in a satisfactory on a satisfactory note for me. But again, you know. You know, there's nothing that's perfect. And I think that there's, you know, and, and it's funny to me that the thing that was really funny is when I saw there was like a pushback of it. It was like, well, how come there are no white characters or how come all the white characters are this or whatever? And I was like, dude, man, you're in Harlem, man. You're uptown. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, yeah, there are, but, you know, it's, it's not it's not about you. 
<laughs> you know, it all, it all doesn't have to be about you. I mean, this is a story that, you know, again, it's, it's, it's not, and it's not, and I don't think, I mean, you guys can tell me because, you know, I'm not white, but, you know, being a white person looking at this show, I mean, I think that there's things that are, are universally resonant, you know? Uh, I didn't even, I, until you said that, I didn't even really think about it. Yeah. That, I mean, was, I think that there's uh, a lot that, you know, people not can Not a lot get. of white characters. And then, and, but, but the thing is, is that a lot of people, you know, again, it's, it's like, I feel that, um, you know, uh, for me, you know, as who I am and being a, a, a geek and a nerd and long time, you know, kind of looking for shows like this that I can kind of hook on to and say, yes, you know, uh, here, here's, here's an example. I just met, um, Gabriel Luna, you know, Gabriel Luna, he's on, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's season yeah. four, he's Ghost Rider now. Um, yeah, take a look. All Things Geek, you know, it's my latest article out. I met with Chloe Clark, uh, Jeff Loeb, who I love. You know, he wrote um, my one of my favorite Batman stories, uh, Long Halloween. Um, was, he, this at, uh, was this at NYCC? This was, yeah, this was NYCC, and there was the Agents of Sealed panel. I had a roundtable with these guys, and it's fan- it was fantastic. And Gabriel, he was skeptical because he was like, look, you know, I love everything Marvel. I, I love the show, but I didn't want to get taken off the table for anything else because, you know, I got to work, right? I got to put, you know, food on the table. And he didn't realize that the re- the, the recent incarnation of Johnny Blaze was Robbie Reyes. He, right. he didn't know. His his agent would kept calling him and say, no, nah, man, you, you, you know, it's Ghost Rider. And they're taking a totally different spin on it. And you should take a look. So he saw these things that was Robbie. It was like this... This Mexican kid from East LA, he's this like urban myth, you know, whole thing. And he was like, look, I didn't think that Marvel had roles for me. And I'm glad that they made a role for me that I can, and it reflects like, you know, the reality that there's, there's, you know, there's Mexicans and black and Chinese, and there's all these people that are fans that love this stuff and are being represented. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, for, for a blurred like me, you know, I, I, I've grown up, you know, kind of like, look, I love geek culture. Sometimes geek culture doesn't love me back. And that's a reality. But now there's more of this stuff coming out, like with Ironheart, you know, with, uh, you know, the Invincible Iron Man basically passing the mm-hmm. mantle to this 15-year-old, you know, black MIT student. You know, I mean, which that's why. Which is, which is pretty much, I mean, she's pretty much your daughter. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I and mean, the funny she, thing was. Except for the fact that your daughter's not 15. It's your daughter. <laughs> for Christ's I mean, sake. I tell you what. You, I see pictures of her on Facebook and I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's just. Yeah. Marvel must have seen her. Oh, well, you know what? You know what? Comic about. I tell you what. I tell you what. Like years ago, like I think it was like three years ago, I was on late just kind of texting whatever I was like, you know, tweeting. And Joe, true story, Joe Quesada was on and he answered my my thing because I was writing about um, he had taken over the um, the Spider-Man uh, uh, you know, they had redone the Spider-Man uh, cartoon. And so they had, you know, they had this kind of revamp of the Sinister Sticks and all that. And I was saying, I really like the character designs. And we got back and forth on it. And I had shown him a picture of, you know, my daughter dressed up as Iron Man and my son was a clone trooper. And he was like, yeah, I like the way you're dressing those kids or whatever. So I'm thinking, man, do they own some royalties? No, they have, they have <laughs> Three years As a ago. Paul Newman coffee guy. 
They absolutely do. I mean, I just saw your daughter. She was like um, Mickey Mouse with a shot or Minnie Mouse. With oh a yeah, shotgun. no, was, that's all her. Now one of the coolest fucking outfits I've ever seen. Oh dude, but she's she's rocking it. Yeah. I can't look at Riri Williams and not think of your daughter. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, she's badass, no doubt. She no really, doubt. she truly is. I mean, she's more badass than I am. <laughs> I, love it. I I there's been a couple of times I've shown my wife a picture of your daughter. I've been like, she's fucking cooler than me. Yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. But she had that Iron Man thing going way back. Yeah. No, she loved it. Yeah. Well, it, you you kind of indirectly led me into my next question for you. And I, I okay in the, in the pantheon of black superheroes, uh-huh. where is he? I mean, is he on the Mount Rushmore? Is he? Well, look. I mean, I I know Daniel Walker, um, David Walker. David Walker is writing um, right now um, Power Man and Iron Fist. I mean, that's his that's his baby. And, you know, and his whole thing, he was making this whole push. It's like, you know, Luke Cage is Power Man. You know, make that connection, people. You know, because a lot of people, like, again, you know, I, I've met people that have no idea who Power Man, that Luke Cage and Power Man are the same person and, and all this other thing. So, you know. It's, to be fair, it's, it's a really lame superhero name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Power Man. Power Man. So, you know. and it, Well, you could definitely tell that, like, all of the heroes for hire, like, yeah. everything that has had to do with that like reeks oh, yeah. of the 70s that's not a bad thing but it's it it, it like luke cage the the, the yeah. power man in the oh, disco yeah. shirt and and, and, and fucking the the martial art oh, white yeah. guy no, it's like totally, it, it's, totally it's the 70s, 70s. exploitation <laughs> film but it's, it's i love that stuff i mean that's 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 awesome oh, yeah. but um you know like even in the show he makes fun of it he has this chain around his belt as a belt, and he has the the shirt, and he has the thing on his head from the experiment. Oh it's yeah, like, ridiculous. Oh yeah, you know? it's like it's hilarious. <laughs> it was so like tongue in cheek, but you, know, you would only get that if you kind of knew the whole kind of hero for hire history of it. So yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, right. I have a question. Um, so, sort of in the vein of of I'm a white guy, so this is not really for me. Exactly in the same way that the rest of pop culture is. Uh-huh. Um, the first half of the season, as much as I loved it, seemed a little slow to me. Uh-huh. But I have a feeling it's because there was a lot of stuff going on that I just simply didn't get because it's not on my radar. Gotcha. Was there a lot of like references to to sort of black television tropes or anything like that that I would have just not caught? Oh man, I, I watched it. I, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's a hard question because again, I mean, I don't know what your background of like what your, your, your point of reference is. So it's, it's like for me, I was again and again, your, your tastes and sensibilities might be different than mine. I mean, let's put it this way. You know, I was watching Daredevil. I mean, Daredevil, you know, he kind of went through his things and there was this kind of like, you know, but the, the thing that I like, but I like that kind of pacing. I like it to be slow. I like to chew my food, if you know what I mean. So it's kind of like, right. you know, I was digging that hole like it was slow. Like the first couple of, sh- you know, things where he seemed a little, you know, whatever, people were a little shaky about him. And then when he kind of came into his own, I think it was like by the third episode, it was like, yeah, this is this is where I needed to go. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's worth a rewatching, I think. And I think in the context of 
you know, um, you know, they're going to come out with a, a Iron Fist to see what happens with their relationship because they're supposed to be really tight. Like, they're supposed to be boys. Mm-hmm. Like, Parman and Iron Fist, they had their, like, team up for a long time. I mean, so tight that um, Luke Cage, uh, eventually, well, this is how the comic went, um, he married, well, he doesn't really marry Jessica, but they have a child together. And he names her Danielle for Danny. Danny Rand. Huh. So his he names his daughter after this cat. So they have to be cool, right? He's the godfather. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you know, eventually they have to have a relationship that's, you know, um, right. You know, tight. You know, they've got to be tight. The broiest. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. So yeah, no, I just I just wondered because it just I I didn't mind the slow burn of it. It's just mm-hmm. like uh, you know, I got so used to the way that uh you know, Jessica Jones was an easy show to chug. Sure, sure. You know, mm-hmm. and and so coming into this, and it was it was we already know who Luke Cage is. We already know what his mm-hmm. powers are, mm-hmm. and it just kind of slowly built toward the end. Yeah. Um. And so well, it, it seemed to me like the I turn think was the about episode things. five, mm-hmm. um, when things started to really careen. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just I was just curious if there was a lot of stuff going on that maybe I would have just. You know, it was going slow for a reason to show you this and give you this Easter egg. Well, I, but I think I just, I think it also kind of had to do with like a, a pseudo Superman complex. Basically, you've got this fella who is basically <laughs> invulnerable. You know, there, there's not a whole lot of stakes into the game until holy shit, there are stakes <laughs> right. in the game. And then, and then it, it just starts escalating so quickly. And, and again, I think like like for me, it it, it it seemed like they were kind of world building. It was kind of like this is Harlem. This is some of the history mm-hmm. of Harlem. Mm-hmm. This is how things were run. And then they told you, well, here, this is Mama Mosby, which was a character that you know. That's all those characters mm-hmm. are true. So you know that she had her you know whorehouse and whatever. You know, she had her thing going on. That's where Alfred Wooder's character and Cottonmouth grew up. So they grew up in that environment. So you got a background of, like, why they are the way they are, you know? And I like mm-hmm. that. I don't like villains that are just kind of evil for no reason. It's like everybody right. has a motivation. Everybody And everybody thinks that they're good, even the bad people, right? Everybody thinks that they're, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what makes an interesting villain. Is like there's the pathos and there's an intelligence and there's kind of a wounded bird in there somewhere, right? So right, right. I love that kind of like, and I, and again, like like I was saying, I, I love the kind of scene. You know, Pop wasn't just kind of like this, you know, grandfather wise, you know, kind of, you know, oh, you know, don't fight and don't curse. I mean, this they called him Pop because that's how the name, the sound that his fist made when it hit your face, right? right. So, right. you know, everybody has their past, right? Like they say, every every sinner has a future and every saint has a past, right? Right, so, right. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I again, like, like for me, it was just kind of like, ooh, yum, 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 yum. Yeah, more, 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 more. I, I was just savoring because, again, you know, you got a whole kind of sketches of all these folks. Like I love that Biggie poster, or the big picture oh, that was just yeah. there. And those shots of just him looking at the poster, or those shots of, you know... The, the, the one shot where he's, like, walking in front of it, like, just enough so the crown is yeah. just above his head, oh, is, like, by that. far, like, the best, sh- the the best framing in that entire show. Yeah. Like, oh my and god, you know, that was I mean, so had, good. Like, the Delphonics, man. They had the Delphonics. Yeah. They had the, all mm-hmm. the musical groups. Those are all, like, real... Oh, yeah. Like, cats, the man. music is was, excellent. 
the music is amazing. Can we take a second to talk about the hit on the gang to fucking Wu Tang? <laughs> Like that was like fantastic, oh. the dopest thing and, ever. Like ah, and I don't know I if you know it. this, but all the the shows, um, like all epi- the episode names are all Gangstar um, songs, are all titles of Gangstar songs. Really? Yeah, That's absolutely. Awesome. Every every one of those uh, titles is a Gangstar song. Yeah, I, no, they, I mean this. <laughs> That's yeah, super no, legit. The showrunner, he was just like, look, man, I can get. You know, I'm just gonna go crazy. He's like, I'm, and he said it himself. He was like, I, I don't believe they let me do this. So I'm just gonna I wanna make it as black and crazy as possible. He was just gonna throw, he was gonna throw everything in there because we don't know if this is gonna happen again. And I'm <laughs> you so got, glad you gotta did. give him I was gonna say you yeah. gotta give him props. They were very upfront with what they're doing. <laughs> they they sugarcoated nothing. They said, I'm making a black show for black people. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm naming it I'm naming it uh we uh we're doing black music. I'm naming yeah. episodes after black songs. Yeah. And and um, fuck y'all. <laughs> but, exactly, it was but, just but, packed with culture. Also, awesome. what he did though was make a really good show. Oh, so, right, oh, yeah, so, yeah. So, so here, here's an example <laughs> of writing that I thought was on point, and 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 the whole um her interrogate um uh, uh Misty, she loses her weapon. Um, you know, she roughs up a suspect and the new boss she has, because, you know, there was all kinds of dirty stuff going on in her, um, precinct. So they brought in a new captain, new commander in the, in the precinct, the the woman that came after the one that was there. And she was like, look, you know, you, you, you don't deserve this badge. You know, it's like, this is, this badge belongs to the people of the city of New York. I mean, you, you gotta earn this. You, you gotta be on point and roughing up. Like when she roughed up Claire, remember that? And all right. that, and then she had to talk mm-hmm. to that. Um, I don't know if he was internal affairs or he was just kind of somebody he had. Maybe he was a shrink. I'm not sure. But basically, she had to prove that you know he was like, look, you know, you're broken, and we got to see how broken you are. Like if you can do this job, basically, because you know she had to defend herself, and you know, and that was that was so great. I mean, she was like, you know, I lost control, and I needed to feel like I had control again, and it was kind of a confessional thing. Like she was like. You know, this guy was laughing at me. You know, he's putting my own gun in my face. You know, and I mean, it was such great writing. And I tell you, here, here's one, one, here's one line that I really love. Uh, Misty Knight is such a great character, and you know, eventually she gets a bionic arm. But you know, again, that's very seventies. I, I really thought but, whenever they like fucked up yeah. her hand, like I thought that's where they were going yeah. with it. I was so pumped. I was like, yeah, Her let's do this. Well, she's full of bravado at first, but then she breaks down because she has to, because she has to get it out. Right? She says. I apply foot to ass, and I match lead for lead. I put murderers in handcuffs. I don't seek justice. I stalk it. And that much should go in my record. I mean, that's 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 tight, man. That's great writing. I love that. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, it's the matriarchs. It's like the woman, the women are running the show there, you know? From Mama Mosley to Alfie Wood's character, you know, when she comes in. You know, I mean, she's mm-hmm. standing toe to toe and she's making sure. I mean, she again, she's trying to go legit, but, you know, she went there and the whole thing with her abuse and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was mm-hmm. deep, man. They, they they plumbed a lot of stuff and they didn't make fun of it and they didn't trivialize it. It was like, this is stuff that happened, you know, and this is stuff that people have to deal with. And, you know, and, and again, it was like. 
I felt that, you know, it was, it just kind of rang true. It's like somebody coming up in that kind of situation, you know, how are they going to behave? How are they going to come? I mean, this guy, he wanted to go into music. You know, his uncle, even his uncle, the uncle that was the abuser of Alfred Wood's character, saw greatness in him. You know, he wanted him to be a musician. He sent him to, 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 to music school, right? And, um, you know, and she was like, you know, you, we have no time for that. I don't understand that. That's, that's, you know, that's not for you. And she made, basically made this guy, you know, beat this guy to death and then shoot the uncle. I mean, that's, that's deep, man. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. like, that's crazy. So, you know, I mean, this is, this is such a great show. I thought it was just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, Can we yeah. take a second to talk about the, uns- like the unsung yeah. villain of Luke Cage, shades. Theo Rossi <laughs> oh, fucking yeah. killed it. Like through I was and through. To say that I'm just one thing. The, the... well, it took me. It took me a minute because I didn't recognize oh, yeah. him from it's Sons, juice. and I was like, "Where the fuck do I know this guy?" Like, I know I fucking the, the know one this thing guy. I like about this show is that my man. Well, more than there's more than one thing, but one of the things I like about the show is my man Theo Rossi is still getting work. <laughs> so oh yeah no I, I and he's yeah no and he he did that. awesome yeah oh, absolutely no i mean really he was definitely i mean for me it was like the way he played her and the way he kind of was in behind the scenes i mean that was totally like an iago you know like an otello mm-hmm. that, that that that's that you know kind of uh malicious that that kind of trickster in the background kind of like pulling yeah, the no, that the the scene where he's in the uh the the interrogation room with the cop and you know he's just saying you know lawyer lawyer over and over again <laughs> and she's pressing him and pressing him and then finally he's like you know what fuck it you're I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead I'll, I'll tell you everything it's it's you know we're gonna go through this we're gonna go through this i'm gonna tell you this great elaborate story and the man that you're looking for his name is Lawyer. <laughs> like fucking yeah! What a like a, what a fantastically written, oh, just smart ass yeah, character. No, he was great. He was great. I, again, I think there was such an example. I mean, really, massively talented folks. I mean, Alfred Woodard is always brilliant. I mean, I love her. It was just an awesome. It I mean, was yeah. an awesome cast. Like the yeah, the, whole the whole cast. cast. Uh, seeing seeing Remy Danton as fucking uh, oh, Cottonmouth, like like he was yeah. born for that role. Like that was yeah. that was awesome. Cottonmouth and, and, and Diamondback. But that's what that was the name again. Seventies. It was like you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Am I yeah. nitpicking with Alfred Woodard in that one? She she doesn't age. Like <laughs> she's amazingly not aging. Hey man, black don't crack. How are they? How are they going to explain? There's a Whitney Houston joke in there. I'm not going to (laughs) make. Whenever there's Marvel Universe crossover, it sends up little red flags. What were they? She was just busy chewing Tony Stark's ass in the basement of Civil War. So now, and now she's in. Now she's a crooked politician. And but the good thing is, is the MCU and the television stuff, you know, they, they don't have to ever meet. Although, you know, there is the Sokovia stuff going on on S.H.I.E.L.D. now. But, yep. um, you know, yeah. And, uh, and if you want to learn more about it, look at this uh, latest uh, All Things Geek, where I interview the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he interviewed the Shameless plug. I love it. 
No, no, no. Chloe, Chloe <laughs> Yes. Chloe Bennett. And she is good looking in real life if she's on the show. Oh, she's she's a little bit of heaven. She's amazing. But she's super funny and smart. <laughs> and no doubt. And oh my God. It's it's incredible. I mean, she was really cool. And they were all very gracious. The, the funniest thing, Gabriel Luna, he is so excited about this role, man. He had his leather jacket on, he had his shield ring on, he had his um like his charger, basically, uh, some, one of the prop people or whatever, like made this like or like custom this little uh, remote control car. He's playing with it while we're doing the interview. He's just kind of like playing around. <laughs> he is so happy. That's like how I would be. Like if I got like to do oh, this, yeah. I'm like, dude, man, I want all the stuff, man. And I'm just so happy. He's just so enthusiastic about it, and his energy was so amazing. And he was just like, he was great, man. I mean, they were all great. And 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 the great thing was is like you know Clark, Clark, Greg. When he was talking about, um, you know, the whole thing where he gets demoted, basically. I don't know if you guys yeah. follow oh, yeah. Shield, but now he's working for, um, you know, the Patriot. Patriot. And the funny thing is, is that dude, that guy is Batman in the in in the DC uh, animated shows now. <laughs> so Batman's the director of Shield. Didn't that blow your mind? <laughs> Next, next year when we join you for your uh, some would say that it was next inevitable. Year when we join you for New York Comic Con, you got to get us up on the round table. Oh, dude, man, absolutely, absolutely. You know what you do is that once you can get like a press, you know, deal, you should just apply because once once they have a list of the press, they they look for you. I mean, and let me tell you, it's 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 great because you know, I, I mean, I spent all of my time and I wanted to. to to meet with um uh, Wayward Raven dudes and and I, I I wanted to but I had so many my my schedule was so tight man my own kid was there on Sunday and I spent like five minutes with him because I had so many interviews and a good thing his best friend and his family was there and they kind of took him around but I was like dude I was swamped I didn't even get to look I didn't get to look at anything I just had interview 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 hey Nick uh, which was great but you know Nick uh, I'm here can I put you on press pass duty. Uh, the acquisition, sure. Yeah, just get us do do what you press can get us in press. It's not hard. It's really not hard. I mean, look, man, if I can get a press pass, anybody can get a press pass. Tell you the truth, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I'm get on it. press pass. That's your job. Hey, we oh, end Roger. every show, as you know, Alex, by asking our guests to either go first or last in this week's Geek Weekly. So, you want to go first or last? I'll go last. Ooh, all right. So I'm going to throw it to the wheel. Rob, what are you thinking on this week? Oh, damn it. You had Yo, to pick me. What are you thinking uh, on was... this week? <laughs> damn it. You had to pick me a second. No, I'm kidding. Nick, um, what are you thinking on this week? Uh, honestly, um, not to be a bit of a homer, but um, I have had no time except to watch some Cubs baseball and then to do my appropriate show prep of Luke Cage. So, unfortunately, Luke Cage is getting my, what am I geeking on this week? Um, unfortunately. Well, you know, I'm, I'm somebody has to play the, the foil on this program, which with its, you know, unrelenting Marvel knob schlobbing. Uh, but I did like Luke Cage as opposed to Jessica Jones, which was still a shitty show, no matter what you all say. Uh, but I, I've. Well, you, it's okay to have your opinion. I've enjoyed but you're wrong. Uh, Luke Cage for all the reasons that Alex, as usual, puts so much better than I possibly could. But uh, especially dig the soundtrack and uh, some of the music is very cool. Um, looking forward to finishing out season one and, and and diving deeper into it. I have enjoyed my foray and uh, go Cubs go. 
Oh, hey, man, brother. Do, do you have to spin the wheel again, or do I get to pick? No, no. Now, now you get to throw it to whoever. Oh, fantastic. Uh, then back to Rob. Oh, I can't find it. Um, so, yeah, no, I was looking for, there, there's this new game that's coming out, and I, oh. I can't remember for the life of no me Man's what it's Sky. called. Uh, I wish. Um, I wish that game was as good as it should have been. But anyway. Um, yes, it's, uh, it's- no, it's this beautiful, beautiful, artfully done game um, where you play as um, different animals, and you're just kind of like going through exploring this world and exploring these ruins and things along those lines. Uh, you're being guided by like this little like will wisp, um, like little light that's guiding you, and it's just it, it looks absolutely stunning and gorgeous, and like uh, uh, you get to fly around as a bird. Like it, it sounds kind of trivial, but like just the way that they portray all of it just looks just beautiful. Um, so I will happily try and find the name of that game and pass it on to Rye so we can put it in the show notes. <laughs> Fair enough. That sounds awesome. I can lie. It's uh, not Rabbit and Owl, is it? Uh, okay. No, it's not. It's uh, God. I I, I wish I can't. I can't for the I thank you, um, <laughs> Rye. What about you? What are you uh, well, on? besides uh, my Chicago Cubs making it to the National League Championship Series, and besides the fact that I've finished with fucking soybeans. Um, <laughs> Uh, I actually backed a Kickstarter uh, this week that I am uh, very excited with, and I and I teased at the beginning of the show that at the end of the show I would bring up Young Guns again. Um, mm. I backed a Kickstarter for the first time ever. A record label out of Albany, New York, is releasing the uh, original motion picture score by uh, Anthony Marinelli and Brian Banks of Young Guns on vinyl. Wow! wow. At some hmm. point. In the near future, I will have my pressing of the Young Gun score uh, to play on my Grimavox vertical record player. And I'm awesome. very excited about that. No Leo Stevens need apply. Good for you. So, so yeah, no, I'm very, I'm very, I, I've decided that final finals, uh, you know, I've got the panic of the digital haircut and a beard. I, I like past blue ribbon. I'm going to go full hipster. I'm actually getting into analog porn. Oh no, I love that. I mean, I have a huge, uh, you know, piece of furniture from like 1960 something, you know, full of, you know, old Johnny Cash and Patsy Cline. And, you know, I, I've, I love vinyl. I've got all my, you know, my whole ska, you know, my toasters and, you know, skidanks records you know i play all that stuff so i I actually just i i forgot it was there there's this awesome record shop in lafayette indiana west lafayette jno records it's right by where our our store is and i went there oh gosh early september during the the geek cast live meetup that we had Uh, i was killing some time and i brought some guys out there (laughs) and i went up in their record section and man they got like for for seven dollars, I bought an unused, like Red Octopus, Jefferson Airplane album. Oh, nice! For seven dollars, seven bucks. That's awesome. Never been used. Never been used. What a great album! Huh. Um, uh, four ninety nine Fleetwood Mac's Rumors on vinyl. Ever oh, sweet. sweet. And I'm like, 
I'm like, you know what? I got this fucking record player for Christ's sake. For less than twenty dollars, I got two great albums. Yeah, I um, listen to this album at least three times a week on YouTube. What album? Uh, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. I'm being oh, you. you. Oh yeah, <laughs> I do listen to it quite a bit. Nice. But no, that's what I'm geeking on. That 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 uh, the Young Guns awesome. score coming to my house at some point. That's gonna be interesting. And and that is actually the impetus for our Young Guns conversation earlier, by the way. But uh, um, Joe, what are you geeking on? Yeah. Um, ironically enough, I am, uh, so we're, our church is doing a Bible study out here and I'm leading the group. And this week we were reading through the book of Luke. Um, and I've never really sat down and Timing. read the whole book all the way through. And with Luke Cage in my head, uh, it made the, it was just such a tremendous reading. I really enjoyed it. Every, every bit of it from beginning to end. So that's what the I'm book geeking of Luke. on. Nice. The Book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke. Knowing what I know, would you? Would I like it? Uh, knowing, yes. Knowing me in my Bible reading, would I like the Gospel of Luke? Yes, I've never read Luke. I think you'd really like it. Okay. So Com- compare it in a weird allegorical way to James. Um. Like James is to ruffles as Luke is to. Uh, James James is to ruffle as Luke is to a three course steak dinner. Oh wow! So it's a little more in depth. Yes. There's some. Food. Yeah. There's a lot of. Um, uh, I've never noticed this before either because, like, you know, when when you're doing like the text uh, from the lectionary, you only get a few verses at a time, or maybe a whole chapter. Um, if you read the whole thing all the way through, the interesting thing that Luke does as a writer is he uses the story to interpret itself as he writes. So, like, something will happen, and you'll go, what in God's sweet name happened here? And then the next four paragraphs will be in parable form explaining what the fuck just happened. <laughs> and it's tremendous. All right, I'll give it a read. I'll do it. So it takes a lot longer than... Than James, I will. Well, you could read James in about. You could read James in a, like a decent poop. Right. <laughs> That's how long it takes That's to read the right. entire book of James. It's like a good like. I, I like a. I, I drink a lot of beer and ate some meatloaf poop. I'm not sure here who reads the Bible. Like I read the Bible, which is basically just the book of James for me, but. That's about how long it takes to read it. It's not. It's like a like a. It's like a good epilogue to a book. It's like just long enough to be read. Yeah. Lost Ember. That's what it's called. <laughs> I found it. Oh shit! <laughs> Alex, my man, what are you geeking on? Okay, I'm geeking on two things. Uh, I just got bait by Chuck. Uh, Paolo Schumick, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Basically, the writer of Fight Club. Close. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a, his first ever coloring book for adults. Um, it's so it's a, both a coloring book debut and a second short story collection for him. Um, you know, he wrote Lullaby and Fight Fight Club. Um, it's uh, illustrated by Jolie Jones, who does Lady Killer. Um, Lee Bermagento, um, The Suiciders, Duncan Ferrado, Hellboy, 
and others and the stories are whacked and will give you will will not let you sleep they're just totally outrageous and kind of like numbing stories i can't i can't give any of it away i have to re- Bless him. i have to <laughs> review it but i tell you it's it's just kind of disturbing story so i tell you bait is like a great title for this thing the one other thing that i'm um i'm jonesing about um well wgn surprisingly has amazing shows and i had i've been you know salem is on season three i've been loving that um and um they also have uh underground which is amazing but um i heard that john legend is going to produce a new uh, WGN show about Black Wall Street. And I don't know if people know what Black Wall Street was or whatever, but basically Black Wall Street was the name given to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma neighborhood of Greenwood. Uh, It was one of the wealthiest and most affluent African-American communities in the U.S. during the early 20th century. But in 1921, a race riot broke out in which uh, the white citizens destroyed most of the neighborhood and killed more than 300 black civilians. Um, and this massacre is one of the most significant events in Tulsa's history. Um, and, but he's going to do a show on it and it's going to, if there's anything like, uh, underground, which is amazing. I met the woman who plays Harriet Tubman and other folks on the show and it's a brilliant show. And I mean, that's another one that people should be watching is underground, but this is early production. So hopefully, um, he gets it off the ground. I think that the great thing with these new kind of, um, well, relatively new studios that they're hungry for, you know, um, going in whatever direction they can go in. Um, they're they're willing. They're 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 nimble. So it's not like an NBC that needs a lot of convincing. It's like, yeah, let's go with it. And and they and they've been gambling right. I mean, I've seen a lot of really good you know, shows on like basically basic cable and, and, and it's fantastic. Like USA had Mr. Robot, like came out of nowhere and said, boom, you know? So they're, they're, they're taking uh, a lot of, they're, they're, they're afraid to let Netflix take the shows that they should take. <laughs> yeah. I, I really think that's what it is. I think they're, they're saying, they're having people come to them and say, Hey, here's our vision for a show. And they're saying, Jesus, if we take it and they fail, then that's one thing. But if we take it, if we pass on it and they succeed somewhere else, that's totally different. Yeah. And so they, a lot oh, of yeah. these places, Ex- like USA with Mr. Robot, uh, um, WG was saying, I mean, they're just they're just saying, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah. And, you know, Randy killed it. I, I actually had interviewed him um, last year um, for season one, after season one finished. And, you know, I, you know now that he had the, the Emmy, um, I mean, his, 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 he's just, yeah, his stock is going way, way, way up. And yep. I tell you, it's a brilliant show though. I mean, Christian Slater, I mean, come on, you know, he's amazing. You know, Rami Malek, um, the ladies, I forget their names, but I mean, it's a really happening show. I mean, there's so much I'm geeking out about. I'm just kind of like, my head is exploding, but yeah. Alex, can I, can I tell you why, even though we don't talk as frequently as we should on the show, uh-huh. why you're a guest that just demands their presence on GeekCast Live. Why is that? Be- before you even came on, we very briefly dropped the name Christian Slater. Really? Made a, Nick made a gleaming the cube reference. Oh. And Pirate Radio are, came up? Here you are, unannounced, saying... No, we stopped at Heather's. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> no, it's Magic Bullet. It is. And... Liar bullets. What are they? I don't know what they call them. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, Ikluba. Ik. I'm lying. 
<laughs> yeah. But that's why. That's why, Alex. We love you, man. Dude, man, we're we're on like, you know, we're like psychic blood brothers, dude. <laughs> we are. That's what I've we're always wanted. We're, we are, we are, we are uh, a gestalt. We are a combined organism. We are multifaceted, you know, um, yeah, entity. entity. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, if, <laughs> I'm just throwing this out there, Alex. If you and I ever find ourselves on the Ojibwa Indian Reservation and we have to fight Tom Waits, dude, I'm in. <laughs> I don't want to fight Tom Waits. I want to hang out with him. He's probably got a really good podcast. Yeah, well, here's the deal, though. It's actually Dane Cook who looks like Tom Waits. Oh, then I'm picking his ass. Yeah, we're fucking exactly. Him. I'm going to stop him. In <laughs> <laughs> well, we're Dane um, Cook. God. If, if, if we have listeners who don't know where they can read your work, where they can talk to you, uh, give us the deeds. Okay, well, the deeds are um, I'm at uh, thegoodmanproject.com, um, Alex Yard. Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, thatalexyard. And uh, yeah, you can get me any of those places. And uh, definitely, um, I do uh, weddings and bar mitzvahs. So. Yeah. Okay, and, and you know what? And up, easy so. fast for those that are you know going through that. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you, as always. Yeah, thank you so much Dude, for man, being on. Awesome. We are better people now. Dude, let me let me tell you something. Um, when you guys are in town, like you know, I definitely want to take you around, show you the sights. Uh, you know, definitely. We we we've gotta we've gotta you know kind of make this Voltron form. We were just talking about needing yes. to take some sort of a creative field trip. So, absolutely, yes, like, yes. Me, me <laughs> could not be more on board. We need culture in the worst way. <laughs> well, I think you're fucking up the wrong tree, but you know, if you want to you know, hang out, waste some time. And all right, I know, good all time. I know, you drink good beer, so uh, I, think I try to. <laughs> just fine. Ah, uh, absolutely. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Uh, give me a let me know when this uh, episode comes out and uh, send me a little link and uh, and I'll uh, kind of do the same. Yes, sir. Sounds like I'll a plan, man. Oh, also one more thing: Shin Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, see Ooh. Shin Godzilla. Yes, Shin Godzilla is the yes. shit. It is awesome. <laughs> This is this is why you're our friend. I adore you. Yes, oh my go God. see it. it. Is so it's brilliant. I took my kid, and you know, just aside, uh, one of the things that I really loved doing with my dad is we would go see the Godzilla films. Like we would see, like we've seen every Godzilla film when I was a kid, and that was his, that was our thing. We would go see Godzilla movies, and he had this whole thing where you know we would like you know, argue about who won and, you know, whatever. He was just way into it with me. And, you know, he's no longer with us, but on his birthday of all times, we saw Shin Godzilla. I was invited to the VIP, um, you know, uh, New York premiere, and it was brilliant. blew me away, and my son was so into it. I mean, this is like subtitles going a mile a minute and he's kind of keeping up and he's like asking me all kinds of questions about you know uh marine biology and civil defense and all this other jazz and he's just loving it and i mean the third of the movie is just kind of meetings in meeting room it's like this um you know um japanese west wing where everybody's kind of like you know trying infighting and you know what do we do about godzilla kind of thing and he's still into it and i mean this is just a brilliantly written and wonderful movie. And it was like the real, it wasn't like the Jurassic uh, parkour 
thing with uh, Matthew Broderick, and it wasn't like that other thing. I don't know if people like that. Uh... <laughs> you know, we that we finally have our show title. How much Jump money do you want to make week. on Jurassic Parkour t-shirts? But, but, I mean, look, but remember, <laughs> you remember that Matthew Broderick thing? It was yes. ridiculous. They were jumping around it, all over the place. Wasn't Hank Azaria in that one? Oh, my God, he was, I guess. And John Renault, I'll never forgive him for being in that. The professional. <laughs> <laughs> and and the other one that came out, the Garth whatever guy over Garth over overrated. The Garth, yeah. Yeah, oh my Emory, god, yeah. that was just so boring. And, that was you a know, weird Brian, one. Brian, if Brian Cranston can't make it interesting, then you know you got a turkey. I'm sorry. So this is the real deal. Well, I think it's also not entirely his fault that they decided to kill him off in the first yeah. 20 minutes. That hashtag spoilers. Hashtag. Yeah, it wasn't that good either. Mm. This, is, this, is, this, is, this is the Toho. But it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't Jurassic Parkour bad. This, 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 is, this is the Toho look. Yes, Godzilla I will agree with that. has come back home. He has like the Toho DNA, no pun intended. But yeah, this is like the real <laughs> deal Godzilla. This is, you know, God incarnate, man's folly. But the great thing is, is that the people of Japan, you know, they're just not scurrying, man. They're fighting back. They're, they're, they're awesome. I mean, it's like, you know, th- there's this great line where this, you know, I'm not going to give it away, but there's an imminent strike that's approved by the UN to use nukes because nothing else will work. And the guy says, look, no way. I'm not having another bomb. I'm not having a third bomb dropped on my homeland. I mean, that was like resonant because, I mean, look, they got they got creamed, right? So, you know, no way. Mm-hmm. And they pull together and it's it's really great. It's an amazing. And these are the guys that did um, Neon Genesis uh, Evan- Evangelion. Evangelion. I never have, know how to pronounce that. Evangelion. Evangelion. Very good. Yes. So, You're yeah. Welcome. No, these, yeah. these guys are real deal. And Godzilla is insane. He has like all these evolutionary things that he goes through. Oh my god, it's crazy! It's that's crazy. awesome. Like really, really striking oh home to like some classic oh, Godzilla. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with I'm, that. I'm here. Yeah. Get us invited to movie premieres. Is that before or after I get us press passes? Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Same like, time. Consecutive, like a. That's what you do at the same time. Well, it's, it's like you know what? It's a snowball. It's like you know, you you ask. You just ask. You just get when you get PR people that you know when you when you get in one thing it's easy to get in another thing and you just kind of like just like make the ball roll. And you guys actually have sponsors and shit. I mean, you guys are awesome. So you definitely can like pull down the rain if you want. I mean, definitely you get invited stuff. Nick. I mean, you got an Alamo theater in your area? I mean, dude, just hook up with them and you can go to anything you want, I'm sure. Hey, Nick. I know Alamo Theater. I'm, no, I'm already on. Make I'm it make it rain. <laughs> Quick question, rain. just so I'm just so I know <laughs> like, what I'm working like with. Does anybody have a problem wearing a neck brace? No, no, no. no. <laughs> not even a little bit. Yep. Shame is I'll not something that we have much of in this playing. world. I stop at blackface. Thank you. Thank Good. you. <laughs> I appreciate. It. I, won't do it. I'm I appreciate that. Well, actually, if I can just if I can just get you to wear your full Guy Fieri costume, I can probably parlay that. <laughs> some sort you, of that that on its own would get. You know, I don't even want to press. Nobody ever goes to full Guy Fieri. <laughs> 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 don't even worry about. It. I don't even want to press pass. I'm... <laughs> yeah, I don't want. To... Come on, Flavor Town. We're gonna get this I'll done for the team. I'll oh yes. Stay. Was I supposed to leave? Was I supposed to leave? Because I'm having fun. I'm sorry. No, no. This is where all the good stuff happens. What's going on, brother? Oh, no worries, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon, man. Thank you, brothers. Be well. All right. Be well. Bye bye. Much love.
That was a that was a much love tossed in on the way out the door. I did. I threw it in there. It's my new thing. It's my new thing. Much love. I dig it. Um, Plugs, you dicks. There's. I assume there's gonna be plugs and maybe maybe some food that's off the chain. I'm not sure. Could not help yourself, you leech blonde motherfucker. (laughs) You Oedipus. If you like what we do or you want to harass us, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Geekcast Live, Geekcast Rye, Geekcast Base, Geekcast Joe, and Geekcast Nick. If you want to check out our podcast, be sure to go to gcl.ninja. Want to check our Facebook out and interact with us? Geekcast Live is what you got to search for. And be sure to check us out on iTunes. Give us five stars. Lie if you have to. What's up, everybody? GCR here asking you to head on over to iTunes and subscribe and review our show. And then follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Live and retweet the hell out of us. I promise that if you do, I will eat this entire grapefruit. I'm not kidding. I'll eat the whole thing. If you like what we do and want even more of it, support the show at Patreon.com. Patreon is a website that allows listeners like you to support your favorite artists, musicians, and high-functioning creatives. So head on over to Patreon and search GeekCast Live today. If you have listened to the show before, you are most likely familiar with the guys from Wayward Raven. And if you haven't listened to the show, you're going to have to just trust me on this one. These guys are the best and have some kick-ass wares over at waywardraven.com. So head over there and check them out. Use our discount code NECKBEARD and save yourself some dollar bills. If you don't get enough of Geek Cast Joe, check me out on my other show, This Freakin' Show, at thisfreakinshow.com. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the GeekCast Live Podcast. For this week's bit of bass, we've got some Jadena with Long Live the Chief. Long Live the Chief. Niggas fighting over rain, niggas won't be the game, Long Live the Chief. Yeah, watch pretty mama while I slay my cane. Long Live the Chief. Uh, cockroaches in the ratchet. Uh, Hand me downs with the patches. Mama put a little money in the mattress. Taught me how to make a silver spoon out of plastic. You can either sink, swim, or be the captain. Get the last word, I'ma get the last laughing. Now they say you're dinner while you're dressing so classy. I don't want my best dressed day in the casket. You can either leave, follow, or get out the way. Make a fucking move, it will make my fucking day. Got a hundred year plan, you just think about the day. Always been about time, more than been about pay. Got rope with me, Usain coulda run with me. Chief come to find you, you don't come for me. At best, you could run a little company. Nigga, at worst, I could run the whole country. That's right, pimp game like a brothel. That's why I don't judge a nigga's hustle. I Airbnb the crib like a hostel. Summer rate cheaper, could the streets get hostile. Shot the boy, this far from a hobby boy. So, no, I won't record for your homie boy. I turn the party out like a naughty toy. Then I go and hide in plain sight like a lobby boy. Yes, sir. Got your dinner on the banner. Body for my niggas getting locked up in the slammer. Elders saying everything's a nail to a hammer. And niggas can't spell, but we know I Instagram Well done, better than well said. I read niggas well, a nigga well read. Really, I ain't met nobody smarter. That's why I got admitted, but I still rejected Harvard. I'm the Fresh Prince in a school where they couldn't read. Mama
mama put me in a school with the Kennedys. When I met Bill Clinton, I was 17. But dead presidential's all my niggas need. Dining with the governor's daughter and her father say I remind him of Obama. I'm the chief diplomat every day. And I'm black and white, Janelle Monet. It won't be the king, but long little chief. For a little old thing, little boys bang bang. Long little chief. Niggas fighting over ranks, niggas won't be the king, but long little chief. Now watch pretty mama while I slam my cane. Long little chief. <laughs>